Um, something a little bit different here this morning. I uh, knew the message would be a little bit shorter, and obviously you have a lot of visitors and guests. Um, normally on this Sunday is when we do a, a Christmas message, and uh, obviously a week before Christmas here. You know, that's something we're definitely thinking about. But as I was kind of thinking and praying about the message, we've been going through the book of Romans here. And as I've been going through the book of Romans, we left off in verse 17. And I thought, okay, we'll just take a break from Romans. We'll do a Christmas message this week. We'll come back next Sunday for Christmas and do another Christmas message. And I really felt like the Lord said, no, um, continue on with where you're at in Romans. Like, oh, you can't do that. I mean, everybody, the Christmas program, the Christmas lights, supposed to talk about the birth of Jesus. But yet there's this passage in Romans that I just could not just skip over. If you weren't with us last week, we've been going through Romans, and in Romans 8, last week, the whole study was about who the Holy Spirit is. And we talked about how the Holy Spirit leads us, the Holy Spirit guides us, the Holy Spirit gives us life, the Holy Spirit empowers us, and this great list here in Romans 8 of everything the Spirit does. And it finished with that the Spirit is a seal, a sign to show that we're children of God, and that's how we ended last week. In verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And then verse 17 is an amazing verse. If then children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. What, what a great verse. This idea that we're not only saved in Jesus, but now we get to inherit what Jesus has. We're an heir with Christ. And so just as Jesus is home in heaven, we get to inherit salvation in heaven and in the riches and glory of heaven. And it was this wonderful passage on being an heir with Christ. But God then kind of screwed it up because he included these horrible words in the rest of verse 17. Joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified together. I hate that word. And so that word is thrown in there. And it's like such a wonderful verse if you could just ignore that middle part. This is what we like to do a lot of times. I call it buffet Christianity. Let's just take what we like and ignore what we don't. Problem is, when you go verse by verse through the Bible, you, you can't ignore words like suffer. And, and it'd be okay if he just maybe mentioned it once, but then he has to keep talking about suffering. Verse 18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And then he keeps on not even talking about suffering. He talks about verse 21 that creation is under bondage. In verse 22, we know the whole creation groans and labors. Boy, doesn't that sound like your life and my life sometimes? We're suffering, we're groaning, we're in bondage, we're moaning. This is not what God initially intended. But the true gospel and true Christianity is you've got to mention this idea of suffering. Now, some of you may have come in today and you may have met me, I may have met you. Hey, how you doing? You said good. That's kind of a lie. Why? Because some of you aren't good. You just don't want to get into it this morning. Maybe I wasn't good and I didn't want to get into it this morning. So we just said good. That's all we say. We just keep it simple. I'm doing fine. I'm doing good. Every now and then I can tell you're not doing good, so I say you're lying. And then, then like I'm okay. Then I say call me. Let's talk or something like that. But it's this idea of suffering. And we don't have a lot of time today. There's something really important I want to get to later on, so I'm going to go quickly through this so don't think I'm trying to skip over this stuff. But this idea of suffering shouldn't surprise us. Back in John 16, verse 33, Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. He came right out and told us, this is not fine print at the bottom of the contract that we can't read. He came right out in the middle of the book of John and said, you will have tribulation in this world. But he says, take heart, I have overcome the world. And then he went one step further, I should say. Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 4, says, don't consider it strange when you enter into various trials. Don't you ever think it's strange? Don't you ever sit there sometimes and wonder, why did this happen? Why did I get the bad diagnosis? Why did the tire go flat on the way to that job interview? Why am I sick at this day? Why don't my kids listen? Why doesn't my spouse care? And we think it's strange that we run into these difficulties in life where God told us in 1 Peter 4, don't think it's strange. 
You're going to have bad days. You're going to have difficult days. He's tried to warn us. He's tried to tell us. Then he goes one step further in 1 Timothy 3. He says, all, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. All. And if you've heard us say out here before, all means all. No one is exempt. But don't we think we're exempt? Come on, Lord. I really prayed today. But I, I, I read two daily readings. But I served. Lord, come on, I have, I have been faithful, and not today, Lord, just not today. All will suffer. Now, the question we really want to answer is why, and I'm not trying to skip that question. We covered the why back in Romans 5. Romans 5 gives us the answer to why do we go through difficult times. Romans 8 wants us to focus on one thing. Jump ahead in Romans 8 to verse 37. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. See, Paul wants to talk about moaning and groaning and suffering, but then he says, wait a second, guys, verse 37, you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You know what has crept into the church today? Victim mentality. Victim mentality of, you know, I have it the worst life in the world. No one else has a spouse as bad as mine. No one else has kids with troubles like mine. No one else has a job as difficult as mine. No one else has problems like mine. No one else has health issues like mine. I am the worst of the worst, the low of the low. Victim mentality has crept in. Where Jesus says, wait a second here, aren't you more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus? Well, maybe they are, not me. I like to call those those Eeyore moments in life, just woe is me. Ecclesiastes, it'd be better for me just to die. Job's wife, just curse God and die. My life is the worst life ever. See, what happens is the enemy likes to come in and plant seeds of depression and discouragement into your life, and he wants you to focus on your circumstances and not the Savior. If you focus on your circumstances, it's depressing. If you focus on the Savior... Ah, God gives you hope. Right now, you have to make a choice. Are you going to focus on the circumstances of life? And some of you, you have a rough life. Spiritually, you're praying and you're not hearing answers. Spiritually, you're seeking the Lord and it just seems quiet. God's still there, though. Emotionally, you've been let down by friends and family. You've been hurt by your loved ones. But God's still there for you. Physically, you got the rough diagnosis. Physically, you're in pain. Physically, it's tough just to even get up in the morning and you try to explain people what you're going through physically, emotionally, spiritually. And they hear you. They nod their head. They'll tell you they're praying, but you walk away from that conversation saying, you don't get it. You really don't get what I'm going through. God does. And he says, I told you, you will suffer in this world. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Look at verses 38 and 39 of Romans. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a refrigerator verse. That's a verse that if you are suffering through life, be it physically, emotionally, spiritually, if you feel discouragement, if you feel depression trying to creep into your life right now, the next time you have a bad day and you want to turn it into woe is me, you go back and you read Romans 8, 37 through 39. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing. That is what gets us through the tough times. Now note, you're a conqueror in who? Christ Jesus. Too often people come into my office or call me and tell me they're going through a difficult day and they do the whole I can. Why? Well, I, I can get through this. I can just buckle down. I can just lift myself up by my bootstraps and keep moving here. You can't do it. If you could do it, why did Jesus have to die on the cross? You're a conqueror through Christ. We will have bad days. We will suffer. We will go through difficult times. Are those difficult times going to make you stronger in the Lord or are they going to push you away? It's really interesting in that passage there in 1 Timothy where it says, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Persecution is a fascinating word. It means two different things but the same. 
Let me explain. Persecution means to either drive away or to drive towards. So when you're persecuted, going through tough times, it either drives you away from the Lord or it drives you towards God. And I've seen it. I've seen it when people go through tough times and they turned into the woe is me. Where's God? He hasn't done anything for me. Why would I pray? Why would I go to church? My prayers just fall empty. That is allowing the trials and tribulations to drive you away from the Lord. But really God says, I want to use these to drive you closer to me. Once again, we don't have time today to get into the answer of why. We did that in Romans 5. But we have time today to encourage you that you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. And what I want to finish with here today is because I wanted to keep my part short. I wanted to have someone come up and share a quick testimony because I think you need to hear from somebody that is going through a difficult time, going, hear from somebody who has suffered and is still suffering. Many, many of you know that we've been praying uh, for Jody Hathaway for many, many months. And what happened with Jody, and I'll let her go into the details, but back in August, as we like to say, she had a routine procedure that was anything but routine. And ever since then, we don't use the word routine procedure anymore because there is no thing routine about it. She went through a very difficult time and still going through a tough time, but yet she's a great example of being more than a conqueror in Christ. So Jody, if you want to come on up here, share some of what the Lord has laid on her heart and what she's gone through. I was kind of getting nervous before I came up here, and um, I had to laugh. I have some kind of points to keep me on track. And my youngest son was sitting there, and he looked at that, and he said, Huh, so all through this, Mom, now you can do three things right? And I had to laugh because it's not me. It's Jesus Christ in me, and it's him working in me. And you're just as likely to see me screw up and yell at my kids in Walmart as anybody else. It's just the faithfulness of the Lord that's brought me this far, and he's going to take us the rest of the way. Um, he doesn't just use big things in our lives. He uses the everyday mundane stuff. And the devil uses the everyday mundane stuff too. You know, you got a flat tire. You've got a bill you can't pay. It's that everyday routine stuff. And through all this, the Lord has taught me. He wants to hear from us in the big stuff and the small stuff. Not just when we have a major event in our lives, oh Lord, help me. It's, he's concerned about the little tiny things too. I said, you know, when my kids come home from school, I like to hear, of course they're boys, so they don't tell me, but I'd like to hear every little detail of their lives, what they had for lunch and everything. And God's the same way, you know, we're his children. And he wants those little prayers as well as the big prayers from us. He wants to know how we're doing and what we struggle with and stuff. So one of the points I wanted to bring out was be still and know that I am God. Before uh, this happened, I was anything but still. We had that mentality that we're going to do this. We got this covered God. I was a stay-at-home mom in 2001. Life was good. We had two healthy kids. My husband had his own business. He was close to home. I got to see him every night and everything. And over a period of time, I had to go back to school. Uh, my husband lost his business, so I had to go back to school, start being a working mom. My mom got cancer. I was working and going to school and taking care of the house. Brian had to go out of state to work. So things got pretty tough, and I learned to depend on Jesus more and more. And he decided that he wanted to take me even deeper in that. So August 2nd, I had a hysterectomy, so to speak, just a simple overnight hospital stay, routine, everybody has it, no big deal. And when the doctor did the surgery, she cut an artery. And so I started to bleed to death on the table. She was able to get at that artery and clamp it off, but to get to that artery, she had to cut and cut and cut. And it's that that I'm still dealing with today is all of that cutting that she did. Um, they couldn't get the bleeding stopped, and so they filled me with surgical packing and took me to ICU and said, hopefully over the next two days that I would have clotting happen and that if I lived through those two days, they would open me up again and try to stop the bleeding. So my husband, it was supposed to be a two-hour surgery. My husband and family was out there, and four hours later, the doctor came out and said, well, if she's still alive two days from now, we'll open her up and try to stop the bleeding. And Brian said, 
oh, you've got you've to be talking about somebody else. You know, it can't be my wife. This was just a simple thing. And I was a respiratory therapist, so if this was a life-threatening procedure, I would have told him, you know, hey, this could go really bad. I had prepared him for, you know, this is no big deal. And I had prayed about it. We had prayed about it. We had a peace. Now, the peace that I had was that God would take me through this. My assumption was that, oh, he'll take me through this meant it'll be short, sweet, no problem. He is taking me through it. He has brought us through it so far, but that was not the plan that he had. That whole be still and know that I am God, he wanted me to really be still. And so he took the legs out from underneath me. So I wound up in ICU. Of course, I lived the two days. They opened me up again, and through a lot of trial, they were able to stop the bleeding. All, in, all through the surgeries, I had 28 units of blood and nine units of plasma, five units of other stuff, so I lost a lot of blood. It's by the grace of God, he had a plan for all of this. And he said in the beginning, he gave us that peace that he would take us through, and he has, and he did. Um, to pray without ceasing, he really means that. I really feel he really means that, big and small stuff. You know, I used to, if I had a big issue, I didn't hesitate to pray about it, but the every little day stuff, when I was in the hospital, it got to the point where if they would just come in to start an IV for something, I was a really hard stick. And maybe they'd wind up sticking me six, seven times. And so just something you don't even think about, oh, they just got to start an IV. You know, I pray about that. And in the middle of the night, and I depended on my family a lot too. Oh, we got this, Lord. And in the middle of the night when you're alone and you're in pain, there is nobody. And you go to the Lord and you come to depend on him really, really quickly at that point. Um, another thing is God's time frame. You know, I like the five-minute answer to prayer. I like to pray and get that response right away. And I heard a teaching by Chuck Smith, Pastor Chuck Smith. It really helped me kind of put that in perspective. And that is, it's like our life is going by and it's a parade. And you know, we as humans, we can see as far as we can see down this way, as far as we can see down that way. But God is above us and he sees the whole parade. He sees our whole life. He sees after our life, before our life. And so he has different plans for us than we do. So he says, you know what, I'm going to take you through this. It's going to be this much of your life. It's going to seem when you're in the middle of it like it's horrendous and it's lasting forever. But God has a plan, and he's got the big picture, and he knows this little portion of your life is going to affect the rest of your life, and it's going to make you more like my son Jesus. That's what I want to do. And so we have to keep perspective. And I know when you're in the midst of something, you're having family problems, you're having health problems, it seems like this is never going to end. But it will. It will. You just have to keep your eyes on Jesus. When you put your focus on him, you know, there was one night, and the devil likes to use lies a lot. And when you're hurting, he knows what affects you. And he's going to come to you and he's going to say, you know what? You're never going to make it through this night. You're going to die here and your nurse is not even going to hear your call light go off. He's going to tell you that. And when you just stop for a minute and you just say, you know what? It's the hardest thing to do and it's not our natural inclination. But you say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to just praise you right now in the midst of this. Just for who you are. And I remember thinking, you know what? I can't. I'm, I'm just kind of distraught right now. All I'm going to think about is, you know, there's going to be a sunrise here pretty soon. And I'm going to praise you, Lord, for that beautiful sunrise that's going to come up. And you just start thinking about the Lord, and it gets you through that. And it changes your whole perspective. And honestly, it could always be worse. It doesn't seem like it at the time, but it could always be worse. And we have to keep that perspective. That woe is me. We have to remember, remember that we're still conquerors. And one way to not buy into the lies that the devil's going to tell you is to know the truth. And how do you know the truth? You've got to read the Bible. And I've had so many people, and I've even thrown up prayers, just help. Lord, just help. 
and someone would come to visit me and they'd say, you know, I was reading the scripture the other day and they'd get my focus back on and the pastors here are just awesome, absolutely awesome. There have been times that I've been praying, I've been afraid or I've had a concern or something and they'll just call and they'll have a word of scripture, a word of encouragement. I've gotten so many cards and whenever those cards have scripture in them, I always look up those scriptures because I think, you know what, Lord, you put it on that person's heart to send me that card and there's, I can't tell you how many times that Either that day or sometime around there, that scripture has blessed me and encouraged me to get through stuff. Um, back to you know, back to the lies. We are all conquerors, and so many times we think we have to be perfect. You know, geez, I got this, Lord. You know, oh, it's okay. I don't want to bother you with this. But it's those big things and small things that He wants to He wants us to come to Him for. So my next thing, if if I could covet everybody's prayers, I have surgery January the 19th um, when they did all that cutting to get to the artery. They destroyed the ureter that goes from the kidney to the bladder. And if I can't get that repaired, I'd have to have my kidney out. And so I, there again, I was starting to fret. Oh my gosh, what if I have to have my kidney out? But you know, keeping everything in perspective, people live with one kidney all the time. When you keep your eyes on the Lord, he, he promised us the beginning of all this, I'll get you through this. And he, he's gonna. So my next surgery is January 19th. We're going to try to fix that. And then about three months after, after that, if everything was good, then they would go in and put mesh in my belly to put, put everything back together. And, you know, even if I died tomorrow, I have the assurance that when this is all over, I get the big prize. I get to go to heaven. So God's going to work. You know, no matter how it works out, he's going to work it out. Uh, pray for Jody here real quick. I think you mentioned in the uh, first time we talked, was it six weeks in the hospital? Six weeks in the hospital. I uh, had nine days on the ventilator, um, 28 units of blood. Yeah, six weeks in the hospital, nine days on the ventilator. And um, I, just real quick, the first time I went to go see Jody in the hospital with that, I remember I walked in there, and I've never done this in the 12 years I've been a pastor, done a hospital visit. I went back to the nurse's station and said, I don't know if that's Jody. I, I could not recognize her just because of everything she had gone through, and I did not know, and I had to go double-check to make sure. And it was, it was rough. It was rough there for a while. Why don't we just pray here real quick. Lord, um, we just want to pray for a safe, effective procedure for Jody coming up here in January. Lord, you have gotten her through these last few months. And, Lord, I know that you have a plan for this. And what a witness and a testimony. And, Lord, during those dark days on the ventilator, those times in the hospital of pain and just not knowing, Lord, she's still standing right here right now. We pray for a full healing on that leg, just a full healing on all things. And just pray you'd be with her in all ways. In your name, amen. amen. Mark, if you come forward.